what I mean by that is I have like three streamers. Is that right? So, yeah, I don't have them all. So a lot of people, every new one they get, and they just add the 12 bucks and the $15. Well, part of it is I can't remember all the passwords. Right. So, <laughs> Hi there, and welcome in to a brand new week of Celebrity Salute. Dedicated to the men and women who serve our country in active duty, our veterans, and their families. We're here for you. God bless you. We love you. On each episode, we look for people and stories with some connection to these heroes. I'm Randy Miller. Jake Johnson is an American actor and filmmaker. He starred as Nick Miller in the Fox sitcom New Girl, for which he was nominated for the Critics' Choice Television Award for Best Actor in a Comedy Series. He's also voiced a version of Spider-Man in the animated film Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and its 2023 sequel. Jake has also starred in Let's Be Cops, Paper Heart, Safety Not Guaranteed, 21 Jump Street, Jurassic World, The Mummy, and Tag. From 2022 to 2023, he starred in the comedy series Minx. This year, he made his directorial debut with Self-Reliance and a brand new podcast. We are so glad to have Jake Johnson back with us here on Celebrity Salute. One of the probably top three uh, people we've ever had on this program. And you know him, of course, from New Girl. You know him from Minx, which is in uh, season two. is a hilarious show and he's back on with us jake how you doing i'm doing great and congratulations to the uh kansas city chiefs yes the kingdom roared back in the super bowl man i I gotta say in watching it it's you know mahomes i'm from chicago so you guys are living through the michael (laughs) he's that guy hey you guys could have had him I know it. Well, yeah. you know what? We had Mitch Trubisky, so we're, we're not sweating it either. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we're good. We got Mitch. It's You know, a, a buddy of mine was over last night. We were watching the game, and we said he's a Bears fan, too. And it's, we realized if we got Pat Mahomes, we would have turned him into Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> you would have I mean, screwed it up. Yeah. It's Andy, I mean, Andy Reid is a great head coach for a quarterback. Right. And you guys have developed them perfectly. It's like you guys just did it right. I just found out today. I mean, there's so much passion on that team, you know. And and I kept wondering. Uh, I, I'm sure you saw when uh, Kelsey came off the field and uh, took a cheap shot at Andy Reid, and I, and nobody said anything about it. I mean, nobody was like, "What's what was that about?" And Andy Reid comes out and says, "Hey, that's okay, man." I mean, he came up to me and he goes, "Put me in. I want to play. I can score." I yeah, I mean, the culture The culture of each team matters so much. And as a fan, I will say it's nice to see the Chiefs culture under Andy Reid. You know, the Belichick era of players don't matter. It's just the organization. Right. It, it was nice to see Tom Brady because he was so special. But I just – I don't believe in that culture. So I like when the players are the ones that are celebrated because they're the ones who are putting their bodies on the line. Right. That's who we're cheering for. So a coach who respects the players just makes it a lot easier from the outside to. It just it's such a special uh, uh, group, you know. I mean, they just seem to all care about each other, and it starts with Andy Reid and and flows uh, down through Mahomes, of course. And you know, the the thing that people don't understand that don't live in Kansas City is the fact that these guys also invest in the community. Um, You know, uh, Patrick Mahomes. He's from Texas, and he loved Whataburger, and we had no Whataburgers in Kansas City. Now we got 25. 
Is that true? <laughs> yes, absolutely. He owns half of them. He's not his favorite hammer. Yeah. Right. 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 You know, I'll tell you, Randy. You know where I thought you were going with this? Where? That he was working at the hospital with children. He was doing great work. He brought his favorite hamburger to every corner of Kansas City. He just wanted charity work, Randy. He just wanted a Whataburger close by. You know what? Pat Mahomes is really doing God's work in Kansas City. He's <laughs> doing his favorite curly fries to every block. <laughs> he's a vis- he's a visiting angel, man. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, you know what? We're also good for him. <laughs> and he he also owns a uh, a pretty good percentage of the Kansas City Royals now. Does he really? Yeah, and his wife owns the women's soccer team here. So they're they're not going anywhere. They're deep in. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Speaking of Vegas, uh, I just finished watching the episode where you guys were in Vegas uh, on Minx. Man, I got to tell you, uh, and I know you executive produce that show too. What a cool thing to see seventies Vegas. Yeah, and I don't know how you did that, but I mean, perfect. Yeah, you know, the set design, the direction of Minx is so special. Honestly, one of the fun reasons about doing a show like that is, you know, I was born in 78, so I missed this 70s besides from all the photos of me being held by, like, my uncles and aunts and my parents. And there's all these photos of me and my siblings and, like, all these legends with huge mustaches and cans (laughs) of beer, you know, (laughs) rocking a heater in their hands where I'm like... (laughs) Right. When did everybody look so cool? You know, nowadays the photos we all have like kombuchas and short hair. We all have <laughs> <terrible>. <laughs> so part of the reason was like, man, I just want to be around a group of extras who look cool for once. Right? And you're smoking on airplanes. I mean, you, I mean, it's unthinkable. Even when I whenever we're on that set and we're in a restaurant and all the extras light up, I do have memories of it. I remember there were smoking sections of restaurants. Right. I remember there was, we grew up across the street from McDonald's and there was a room you could go to Nick D's and smoke cigarettes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, you know, we still have uh, in Kansas City, you got video of uh, Lenny the Cool on the sidelines smoking a... <laughs> Smoking a cigarette while he's, you know, on the sidelines. I mean, that what is his name? Uh, Jim Leland, the old Pirates. Uh, oh, yeah. Manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The best clips are he's in the dugout smoking a hitter. is as funny as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's that great, it might be who you're talking about, the old because I'm remembering it right, but that quarterback at halftime who's sitting there all tired just ripping a smoke. <laughs> So funny, man. I mean, I we still it. have it with dip. You know, uh, ballplayers are still using dip. That's going to get banned soon. <laughs> They're going to not allow that. Because <laughs> you got these guys with this big hunk of chew in their mouth. I'm going to go like, the government's got this. They're going to get involved in that soon. Well, and, and that's, what that, that's back in the days when uh, I used to love to watch golf, you know, when, when nobody yeah. was fit, nobody's fit. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's, I mean, nobody's John, working John out. Is he is the best golfer in his stories. To have a big fat guy who drinks 150 diet cokes and then wins. <laughs> I do miss the day when athletes were just good at a game rather than since the time they were four years old have been perfectly trained. Right, right. I had it with UFC too. I don't know if you follow UFC at all and uh, mixed martial arts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I got into it probably like 15 years ago, 16 years ago, where 
it used to be like a big fat striker who had like a straight up beer belly <laughs> versus like a dude with no muscles who did jujitsu. And you'd be watching and be like, I really don't know who's going to win out of this. <laughs> now, right. everybody's an athletic freak who does everything right. and it's become its own thing. But I would like to see a different league. And that is the kind of league that when you're in a bar and it's late and it's getting crazy and you realize like, oh, there's probably going to be a fight. And you go like, <laughs> I think that guy in the mullet is going to try to fight that guy with cauliflower ears. And I'm putting my money on cauliflower ears. <laughs> I got a hundred bucks on cauliflower ears over mullet. And then mullet wins with like a left hook. And Jake, you know, like, that's a million dollar. That's a billion dollar idea, man. RGL, the regular guys league, regular guys league. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Uh, we're talking to Jake Johnson here in the National Defense. Well, uh, talking about uh, fat guys uh, uh, in sports, uh, I remember seeing King Kong Bundy at uh, at the Checker Dome in St. Louis. And I went there with my buddy, and we're sitting, like, first or second row for King Kong Bundy. And, you know, you, you yell insults at these guys. They never say anything. My buddy says something about King Kong Bundy's mom. And King Kong Bundy looks around at my butt, and I, and I mean, I, I think he his pants. I really do. I, I believe it. Yeah. We, I had a similar one that happened when it was the late 80s, or early 90s, and Rob Beck, the old uh, closer, was on the Cubs. <laughs> and this, you know, he, he looked like the Adam McBride character in, in Eastbound and Down. I think he might have been an influence. He had the, like, wavy, long hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. OT, nice big gut on him. <laughs> And we were all in the bleachers before just, you know, everyone was yelling at him. And then somebody yells like, hey, Rod Beck, you know, you should be in the all-star game. And he turns around and goes, not with my numbers. <laughs> and, and then somebody goes, hey, man, like how many chicks did you get last night? And obviously they use more disgusting language. Uh, and there's a long pause. And he turns around and he goes, none. And the whole area just stopped. And we all went like, all right, man, we'll stop yelling at you. Yeah, right, right. It's not worth the effort on our part. Yeah, I was like, I just remember being like, oh, yeah, they can hear us. They're literally right there. They're just people. Do you, uh, do you love Nate Bargatze? Yeah, know? I think he's very funny. Yeah, I went to see him the other night uh, in Kansas City, and he had an opener. This guy that he must have, he, uh, he probably weighed 500 pounds. And, he, and, <laughs> and, and those guys always wear the same thing, right? They wear a, a white shirt that's very clingy. And so he comes out, this guy, and he was hysterical. And he's talking about his, his girlfriend, who he really doesn't trust completely. And he goes, I think I'm one like pillow away from, from her taking me out of this, this world. And he said, and for me, there's no investigation. There's no investigation. The cops show up. He said, how do you think he died? It could have been heat. You know, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nobody's digging into Anything. that. Anything. <laughs> Hey, let's, let's talk about the music on Minks. Uh, I Please. I think I brought it up last time, but uh, do you have a hand in picking the music? Because it's extraordinary. No. It's extraordinary. No, no, I, you know, I wish I I wish I could take credit, but that's Ellen Rappaport, our showrunner. Mm. She's the uh, yeah. She's got it really kind of nailed down. She's you know honestly for an EP credit on that one, the executive producer. The, you know, I hate to say it, but it's true. It's more of just a vanity credit. You know, I took that when I was offered that job. I wanted that credit. And I really view it more like if I was a fullback. Because sometimes you get a lot of interference from executives. Right. And they take the show away from the showrunner. 
And it's a really weird thing. Like you, once you get a bad review or if audiences aren't watching it, you now essentially have like a new boss and that's a member of the studio or the network. Hmm. And as an executive producer, you can just add another voice of support for your showrunner. So I wish I could take credit for like the Vegas stuff or the music, but it was really her. My role on that was I could pitch on Doug, my character, and say like, you know, could Doug do this? But when I first met Ellen, she had a very clear vision. Hmm. Uh, and some showrunners fake it. And, right. you know, some directors fake it where they'll go like, oh, I know what this is. And as you're talking, you'll be like, you kind of know what it is. <laughs> and then other ones, it's like in their bones. This felt like a story that she really needed to tell. So I, I did feel my role on that was uh, put a lot of thought into my character and then just protect her as much as I could. And Renetti, Renetti is a is a one of a kind, one of a kind guy. And it, it, so I just finished up. I think that same episode had Renetti uh, pitching the idea of a an all male uh, tour, right, <laughs> right. And, and, and my wife goes, Oh, that's the beginning of Chippendales. That's the beginning yeah. of Chippendales. And then, uh, it was uh, summarily, uh, rejected, but yeah, was, yeah. was that kind of the thought process behind that? You know, I think so. I, I remember that was kind of the origin, what was fun about. So for anyone who hasn't seen it, my character is, you know, a seventies pornographer and, uh, his business is taken away from him season two. So he is no longer the boss and he becomes the pitch man. And he comes up with this idea of basically Chippendales. And what was fun about shooting that scene was uh, when Doug is pitching to his now new bosses this idea, and they essentially say no, was I knew Doug was right. Right, right. It's really fun as an actor. Sometimes you have to do stuff where you're like, I know this is funny, but I can't relate to the character at all. You're like, it's funny. And I will say, you know, at the end of the day, say your lines. But this one was right because the scene had the others winning and it had Doug being a bit of a goofball with a bunch of guys like dancing in their underwear. Right. And the whole day shooting it, everybody on crew was cracking up. Every, <laughs> you know, I remember a crew when some dude would like rip his pants off and he's in his little skimpies, you know, from like, the hospital, like tough guys to like the ladies, everybody's cracking up. But what was nice about my line saying this is a good idea is I'm like, Doug was right here and everybody else was wrong. There's big money in this. And I think everybody knew that. Like all the viewers are like, hey, he's right here. He's, you know. This is fun. Right, right. And the truth is what I love about the premise of the show is that, you know, you know, it's capitalism. And any way to make, and I I love capitalism. You know, one of the reasons I took this job is like, I love our country. I love what we're built off. Right. And when you get terms, this idea of like, you know, feminism and racism and all these other terms. I'm like, well, if you're a capitalist, you're open to all people because it is the structure of our government. Right, what, right. What we see is green. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So if it comes from a woman and everyone goes, hey, I don't believe in women, then you're not a true capitalist. <laughs> right. Because if the idea is great and it's going to bring us all success, cares who it's coming from right women also have and money that's what i loved about renetti that's the that's the new thing i found out women also have money they have money <laughs> whoever has money right. i'm like great right well you know I, I was thinking about you jake um because the last time we talked to you i think the show was just about to 
to hit the air. And then, yeah. and then season two got approved, which I, I was like, man, that's, that's great. But, and then the actor strike and yeah. you know, and then you got to go through that. And then it was like some weird thing about it's on one network and it's yeah. on another yeah. man. I mean, was that like super frustrating? It had to be super frustrating, right? You know what it, you know what it really did for me? And I just now being honest. Um, so the reason we got knocked off of HBO Max was not even creative. It was for tax reasons. You know, they had a new, they, and it's, they, they were open about it. Uh, a new guy came in at the top and he made a lot of changes in order to save their company money. You know, they have movies right now that they finished they haven't released yet. And they're not going to, to save just the overhead. Mm. So I don't even have a judgment. It's how they want to run their business. Sure. So then we got knocked to a new place and so then the new place tried to market it and blah, blah, blah. And then the writer strike happened. And part of the strike I found really frustrating was we couldn't promote. Right. Until so you couldn't promote something you were already finished with. And I believe promotion is for the fans. And we make this for the fans. It's to tell people this is finished. But what it really did for me was, so I, I'm now, during the strike, I started a podcast called We're Here to Help. Oh, really? Is, yeah, it's been a blast. I think you'll like it, actually. It's a, with one of my stand-up buddies, his name is Gareth Reynolds. Uh, uh, we, it's like we give, uh, it's all live calls and we do, it's like an advice thing, but it's a, a jokey advice thing. We're getting stand-ups with us. We're getting comedians with oh, us. Oh, I love it. I love it. And the premise is, is if you went to a bar and you sat down with your buddies and you said like, I got a problem. Right. Well, your buddies aren't going to just rub your back and say, like, we're sorry. They're going to pitch ideas. <laughs> right. They might be terrible ideas, <laughs> but yeah. they're going to try to pitch you out of this trouble. And then in the end, you're going to go, hey, thanks a lot. I'm not taking any of your advice, but here is what I'm going to do. And so, <laughs> so we started doing that. And one of the reasons I wanted to do it was in reaction to my bosses controlling when I got to work or not and how they wanted me to market it and how they sold it. And so we've been doing this podcast and it's been kind of blowing up for us. And so that's so cool. My big reaction to how they treated Minx was not to get my feelings hurt and get mad, right. but realize it's their ball. They can do what they want. I just got to make sure that I have my own game going too. So the next time I do have a TV show and I work for a big corporation, it, that's theirs. Right. But I always need mine where I can say, like, this is directly to a fan base who likes what I'm doing and I like doing it. And we have a relationship, too. And I'm not going to stop. Well, that's exactly why I started this show instead of continuing to do morning shows around the country, because, right, you know, man. after after a while, you, you always know that you'll uh, somebody will come to you and go, Randy, we're going in a different direction. We're, we're, yes. We're gonna, or also, yeah. the, although coming in, they'll say, hey, Randy, this is great. Hey, do me a favor. Don't talk about sports or any of those. other." And you go, I, well, I, not only do I want to, I know the audience is OK with it. That's what we're doing. Let me give you, a, you know, an outstanding yeah. example of that. You know, Jim Rome. Yes, of course. Okay. All right. So I was in San Diego doing mornings. Jim Rome was just coming up. He, he was doing my sports report on the Mighty 690 uh, XTRA in San Diego. So, uh, and Jim, Jim told this story on uh, CBS Sports the other day. 
So they bring me in, and I'm doing the morning show, and I'm doing, yeah, I'm, I'm everything. Yeah, I mean, I'm just doing everything. And Jim is loving it. I mean, Jim is just, he's, he's out of his mind. He thinks I'm, uh, you know, whatever. And, and so uh, the program director pulls him aside at one point and says, hey, don't, 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 uh, don't go down with this guy. I mean, he's going to, he's going to take you down in the mud. Don't do it. And Jim goes, the guy's hilarious. And he goes, no, no, no. You got a promising uh, career, Jim. You need to be not so acerbic. And thank God Jim never took that advice because that's his whole career is being yeah. acerbic and, exactly right. but, but that's, a, that's the kind of thing, you know, when, you, when you're being directed by the wrong people who have no idea what your vision is, it's, well, you know, it also, it goes back to uh, the beginning of this talk call with the, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Mitch Trubisky. If you get drafted on a team and they give you a bad OC and a bad head coach and they don't know how to work with you, well, everybody blames you. Right. And, so when, and they do. And the fan sure. base is, you know, honest to God, like, you know, we both know this. We're very lucky if anybody wants to listen to what we do. That's the game. Right. And if they enjoy it, then you have a nice relationship. And so as soon as you can have a relationship with an audience that goes, you guys get your life gets 1% better when you listen. My life gets 50% better when I get to do it. Right. We're happy here. Right. Then you get a boss that is going, you're making it harder for me to connect to the only thing that matters. And that's the audience. Right. And that's if you're a football player, that's winning. Absolutely. So that's like, and I'm not done playing the, you know, the Hollywood game if the right project comes. Uh, but what I'm doing now is I'm now working more with the talent. So I'm partnering up with other actors and writers who I respect and forming a team that we're kind of protected before we go out to them. That's cool. Because if you realize you could be on a show, you could sell a movie. Well, the streamer could go upside down and all of a sudden Netflix and Peacock could can become one thing and all the Peacock shows are dead and you go like, hey, wait a second. I was <laughs> my family on this show. You can't just pull the plug. It, it's, so not- it, it's so weird too. Uh, now, you know, you get all these little tiny uh, uh, streaming services. Yeah. You know, we, we, have, we have guests who come on, like, you know, pretty, pretty well-known guests that are, are like, we'll say this it, with a straight face. You can catch my show on Sweeby. Or, or <laughs> you know, as and I'm like, yeah. what, what, what is that? I know exactly what you mean. Well, I mean, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, and this is just being honest. So I am, I, we grew up in a family. We had one TV. We didn't have cable. So I didn't have cable until I was in my 20s. And it felt like the biggest luxury in the world to be able to go on. <laughs> right. So to this day, I can't help but just live a little bit old school. And that is, what I mean by that is I have like three streamers. Is that right? So, yeah, I don't have them all. So a lot of people, every new one they get, and they just add the twelve bucks and the fifteen dollars. Well, part of it is I can't remember all the passwords. Right. So <laughs> right. there's, certain, there's certain networks and there's certain things that I have been in that I haven't seen because <laughs> I don't have <laughs> and, and Randy, I've done press for them, and they've said what do you think, and I go good. Well, I, you know, on this one, it was a really great team. And I'm thinking, I don't have the password. <laughs> That's sad, but true. There's too many. 
is too we, many. We see Minx on uh, Amazon Prime for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why. Because yeah, honestly, it, that one felt Minx for me was very clean when it was on HBO Max. Right. Then it was the stars, and I was getting a little bit like. I know it's basic, and I know some people listening who are 22 are going like, would these two geezers shut up? <laughs> it gets complicated, man. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not into this trend. I'm not into no, this trend. Of, no. You know, you, you know, they did it with, what was the short form one? Quibi? <laughs> right. There was oh, yeah, that was, that, that was good thinking. Everybody in Hollywood's all of a sudden saying like, so you got a movie idea? And I'd be like, yeah, I've been excited about it. They'd be like, great. Can you pitch it to Quibi? And I'm like, I'll pitch it anywhere. What's Quibi? They do it in 90 second intervals. And I'm like, 90 seconds? <laughs> I can't turn a movie yeah. into like 5,000 90 second clips. I don't know how to do that. 90 seconds? I can't fill 90 seconds. Are you crazy? <laughs> talking about 90 seconds. Hey, I got to ask you about uh, this guy, Oscar Montoya. Man. Oh yeah, he's a star. Oh my gosh, he plays Richie on uh, on Minx, and every, every time he comes on, man, I'm like, okay, hold your breath. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's a star. He's great. I mean, honestly, that whole cast, Lennon Parr, who plays the sister, is so great. Ophelia is the lead. The work she does, season two, I just don't. You know, honestly, what I feel that happened in Fair is season one. The reviews were a little bit harsh on her, of like. <laughs> is Joyce likable enough and blah, 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 which I found is such a stupid take on the show. Yeah, right. Because it's a fish out of water story. So what the review should have said is Ophelia does a perfect job representing this character. And I'm not sure if I like the character, right. but that's the idea. Right. And so everybody on there, like, you know, you know, Jess Lowe, Idara, there's just, it's just a murderer's road. It's really a lot of talent. And it is a lot of fun. And you can find it on mushumushu.com. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can, it's on my belt, mybelt.com. Yeah, uh, the way you can find it is you have to walk around the woods, look up in the trees, and you might see it on a branch. And if you see it, watch it, because it's going to be on a different branch soon. It's also showing on my Starlink satellite. Just, I mean, just, just on the top <laughs> yeah. of the satellite, you can see it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> channel 515 through 570. It's going to be one of those. I want to I go back to your podcast because that yeah. I am so uh, intrigued by this. We're here to help because you've just described my life and it, it's usually uh, uh, golf buddies or I mean. So the fun of the show is that. It's I love that. People come in and just like in a bar because what I do with my friends and what we all believe in and what I've always believed in is I don't like the friend who just kisses butt. Yeah. Right. If right. I'm on the line, yeah. As a friend, you got to call me out. Right. And right. So the fun of the show is that some callers were totally with and some <laughs> callers were not. And we're saying like, we got to get you out of trouble here. Like there was a woman who just called in who has a dog center. And I just bring this one up because I was against her a little bit on it. But All right, she's well, now, wait a minute. We set yeah. this up and then let me let me start with the advice before okay. you tell me what you said. Okay. Yes, fair. So she has a, a dog sitter watching her place. And her husband notices on the dog cam that the woman came in, brought her boyfriend, and a bunch of cameras. They then did a little bit of research and found out that she's got an OnlyFans account. Oh, so now they realized, oh, she's using our house 
as like her set for her OnlyFans video with her boyfriend or her husband, wow. whoever the guy was. Oh, wow. So she's like, well, I got really frustrated and I didn't find that acceptable. So that I cre- I got on and paid to subscribe to her OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> you see if my house was there, what do I do now? So where are you at? So, so she paid the money to get on under her name, under her name. Yes. I mean, number one, uh, there has to be some kind of a charge for at least a, uh, a trade agreement with the dog sitter. So you don't, you, you don't pay her anymore. Yeah, you know, but the payment's done. The house. I mean, this was over. This was done. They were already. Oh, home. this. Oh, they were. They were done. So, what did you guys tell her? So the first thing I said, well, you can't hire her again unless this is like unless you don't care. You know, certain people go like, right. great, right. use the place. Right. You know, that's why right. that's why we clean the sheets. Uh, but <laughs> I know. <laughs> I said, but as a friend to you, you are out of control. You can never go to OnlyFans as your own name. And I go, now imagine if she didn't film anything. Imagine if the cameras were just to like take photos of them and the dogs, right? Right, right. You stalked your dog sitter, got on her own hands, started following her, and then fired her. Oh, my gosh. Oh. You know, with her, I'm like, you got to clean up this mess because you're in a load of trouble. She might think like, yeah, I dog said I had a lot of fun. My the person I do creeped out, looked at me naked, watched me have sex, and then fired me. What am I that? <laughs> am I that bad at sex that I can't watch her dog? And now these are real calls, right? These are all so they're hundred percent real. And then we do something fun where, and it used to be different. I used to overproduce it, right? Where I would I would pre-screen the calls and I would read about them and I'd go back and forth, right? But what we realize is our producer Kevin, uh, who's really great. He oversees that. So Gareth and I don't know what the call is going to be. I love it. So when the thing starts, we all have our headphones on. It just starts. It is as new to us as it is to the audience. I love that. And our guest is the same way. And so so you, you guys can have that, that reaction. So we, we don't know. And, you know, the truth is we take, we've got, you know, the calls. We only air the ones that work. There are a lot that, like, you know, it's not clear. We don't know them. So we are taking it live and it's not live to the audience, but it is live to us. I love that. Oh man. What a great, it, it's called, we're here to help. Yes. It's a load of fun. It's on YouTube. It's on anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Uh, you can go out in the woods and find it up in a tree branch. True. Is it on Squidgy? You, are you guys on it's Squidgy? On, it's on Squidgy. It's on Mushu Mushu. It's on Kung Pao Chicken. You can find it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh now i don't know i don't know i don't are you married or i don't know if you are married if you're not married yeah. you are I married, married. what do yeah, you yeah. okay here's my here's my deal uh so for yeah. valentine's day uh, they're having the super bowl parade on valentine's day here i'm i'm are you like me great timing are you are you like me are you just sick of super bowl parades you know, I don't, I don't uh, partake in them because uh, I'm a Chicago Bears fan. <laughs> but, but, but my idea of a Valentine's Day gift, the perfect Valentine's Day gift, is to take my wife to the Super Bowl parade. 
So here's where you might be okay. So yeah. I've got two. I've got two daughters. I've got twin ten year old girls. Okay. Um, my kids have never cared about sports, right. uh, and I'm not one of those dads being like, "Because I love it, you need to <laughs> right. follow your own." Right. I also I have a buddy who can come and stare at the game with me. I just want my kids near me. Right. right. They don't have to be doing what I'm doing. They just have to be near. Right. Because of a lady with blonde hair who sings country songs. My kids care a little bit. Uh, all of a sudden, they know who Kelsey is. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, they know who, you know, they they did have a funny moment. One of my daughters was less interested. There was the clip of Kelsey banging into Andy Reid. Oh, yeah. And she, she did get confused of which one was Kelsey, which really <laughs> made me question Taylor Swift's uh, view of what's a handsome man. You're right. Where she goes, my one daughter goes like, that's Kelsey. And my other daughter goes, which one? And I went like, how could you say that? I Taylor Swift isn't with the 300-pound 60-year-old with an enormous mustache. She's, she's as rich and successful as a human being to threat. Right. She's making a pick and she goes, I'm Taylor Swift. I can hit any man on planet Earth. I choose Andy Reid. Get- <laughs> Actually, that would be a, that would be a much better story. That would be a much a much better now, story. Yeah, if she's gonna choose Andy Reid, it's gonna be to run her uh, offense of a football team. It's not gonna be to hop in the sack with right? <laughs> it. I wanna call into uh, your podcast now and say, uh, listen, I uh, uh, my my daughter is is seeing Andy Reid and, and she's dog sitting for us. And, <laughs> <laughs> we've got we discovered cameras up all over the place but yeah i got uh, uh my my wife is i was telling this story the other day uh she she's known as the queen of supplements and so she just every every day she just says she hands me stuff and she goes either drink this or take this or whatever and i say what is it and she says it's good for you and and i just do it like a you know like a robot and yeah. i mean is there is your wife we better hope she doesn't we better hope she doesn't turn on you randy i exactly exactly i'm i'm done for because uh that I, she, she's got gotcha. you she's got gotcha. you right by this yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't know when I think about these supplements, I don't know if history is going to tell us that they were the smartest thing and people are going to live 15 years longer or if we are fools and we are taking pills of nothing and spending all of our money and going like, I drank another disgusting potion that did nothing for my body. Oh, 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 Ozempic. <laughs> well, I know that's working. Yeah. Half of Hollywood weighs about 95 pounds. <laughs> right. I'm like, no, 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 no. This, this isn't real life, guys. You guys are getting way too. Thin. You guys look sick. <laughs> and they're like, no, we're just working out. We're working out. Yeah, a just lot. working out for the first time in my life. It's working, and we all have little bruises on our stomachs where the injection goes. <laughs> what happened? Did the barbell fall on your stomach? <laughs> Jake, man, it is so great always talking to you. Thank you, you so much you. for uh, for the time. I'm going to check out this podcast. I cannot wait. How many yeah, episodes have you guys fun. done so far? We've released about 50, but we got a bunch banked. So we've, you know, Gareth is a 20-year friend. He's a diehard Packer fan. We've been close buds forever. So that's so cool. He pushed me to do this and doing it with him is just it doesn't, it's not work. Yeah. So we just we just keep banking them because they're honestly fun to do. Whenever we don't have another gig, he'll be like, I'm in town because he's a touring stand-up, and I'll be like, I got Tuesday open until two. We're like, let's just fill it. So we got a, we got a, we've made about a, probably about a hundred of them. I think we've released oh, about what? fifty. Oh, that's cool. Do you listen to podcasts? 
bunch of podcasts? You know, I do. I, there's a one called Heavyweight, which I really like. Uh, um, but I'm always, I always try to find ones that really kick for me. And then when I can, I just binge them too fast. So I'm currently looking for new ones. There's, I'm, I'm listening to the Dave Coulier Full House Rewind podcast. Interesting. Why? Yeah. It's, well, it's a, a big behind the scenes thing. And you like it, yeah. Yeah. Were you a big Full House guy, Randy? Well, I, well, my kids were, my, you know, my, oh, so you my, know the world. Yeah. So, so now I'm like, what, what really happened on that show? And yeah. it's amazing, you know, when you break it all down, well, you know, I mean, just yeah, those, yeah. those little behind the scenes kind of moments. You yeah, know? It's a neat part of the industry. It really, I mean, you know, there's this whole reputation that Hollywood is, you know, dark and there's big conspiracies. And the reality is that might be happening somewhere. But most of them, it's just a big business with a lot of personalities right. and then with a lot of unique talents. Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot, of these, a lot of these actors, they come from all over the country and they're like just some kid in a mall who was really funny. And you're like, you know, you're just gifted. And then these writers, a lot of there's just a lot of talent and a lot of ego and not a lot of time and a lot of money. And so it creates this like really intense pressure cooker. Um, that's really fun to be part of. I just, I just finished reading the, uh, the Judd Apatow book about Gary Shandling. And, oh, he was the, Shandling was the best. Man. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, what a kind of a tortured soul that guy was. I yeah. mean, you know, just. Yeah. He put it, himself through it because he really cared about it being just right. Right. Um, right. But when you watch something like the Larry Sanders show, which I just kind of rewatched during the pandemic, I'm like. I, I know you put yourself through it, but I'm kind of glad you did selfishly because this show is so good. I know. I know. When you watch this like The Sopranos, I just re I'm like, my God, is that good television? Right. <laughs> and, and yet all everybody's talking about is will there be a new girl reunion? I mean, that's a big jump. We just went from Sopranos to a reunion. <laughs> <laughs> That's the question in everybody's mind, Jake. Well, here's the truth, Randy. I'm going to give you breaking news. We are all interested in, yes, Lamorne Morris, who played Winston. Yeah. Won't do it. He won't do it. Why? So we, um, he says that we can't afford him. He says we're beneath him. He is now, he's going to be in the new SNL movie playing Garrett Morris. He said uh, he does all these uh, BMO commercials. He's, uh, the, and he said, like, he's now the face of a bank. He's not the face of some show from the uh, from ten years ago, so he's been very difficult. He's got a new podcast called that started, I think, this week, the morning after. So oh it's just gosh. he's trouble. He's in trouble, baby. We can get Lamorne on board. Something might happen. <laughs> uh, well, I, I keep working on it, man. I mean, yeah, he's uh, just trouble. Jake, There's always more trouble in the group. Hey, thank you so much, man. It's great talking to you. And you uh, I can send you some Chiefs gear. I can send you some some, uh, uh, some Chiefs gear that just came out today. Amazing. Congratulations. Thank you, man. See you, See you later. You've been listening to Celebrity Salute. Celebrity Salute is produced by Brainstorm Media and distributed by National Defense Network with host Randy Miller and executive produced by Nate Heron. Be sure to visit us at nationaldefensenetwork.com. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also say, Alexa, play the National Defense Network podcast.